this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for coming to this press conference for uh, Hawkeye football next season. You, Brian and I, we uh, we got a game plan for next year. Going to keep things going, complimentary football, punt the ball, play good defense. I don't know what to do about all the tackles for losses, the missed blocks, the inept offense, and uh, Kirk sticking with the same horrible system that Ryan runs. All I know is that first you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a Hawkeye fan. God damn it. My team has value. So I want you to get up now. I want you all to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window. Open it. And stick your head out. And yell, I'm as mad as hell. And I'm not going to take this anymore. We're talking network on the pot of dreams. And now, the distinguished television news commentator, Mr. Howard Beale. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like at this moment to announce that I will be retiring from this program in two weeks' time because of poor ratings. Since this show was the only thing I had going for me in my life, I have decided to kill myself. I'm going to blow my brains out right on this program a week from today. What the hell's going on? Prepare yourself for a perfectly outrageous motion picture. Howard Beale went up there last night and said what every American feels, that he's tired of all the bull... sakes, Diana, we're talking about putting a manifestly irresponsible man on national television. I am not putting Howard back on the air. It's not your show anymore, Max. It's mine. I got a feeling I'm being made. You are. Uh, Got to warn you, I, I don't do anything on my first date. We'll see. I want a show developed based on the activities of a terrorist group. Well, Ahmed, I want to make a TV star out of you. Just like Archie Bunker. We're the number one show in television! We're number one! We're number one! There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and DuPont and Exxon. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? Why me? It was your own television, dummy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Network News Hour with Howard Beale. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Things have got to change. How many stations does this go out? You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I want you to get up right now. Go to your window, stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Are they yelling in Atlanta, Herb? Are they yelling in Atlanta, Ted? Chayefsky, directed by Sidney Lumet, produced by Howard Gottfried. Television will never be the same.
everybody. Welcome to the Pod of Dreams. If you listen, we will pod. I'm Ben here to talk about, well, I get a little excited with some of these. Let's let's prep this, Eric. We are doing our top five favorite with a capital F, personal subjective, movies you love, regardless of what others think of their artistic merit. Yep, and not we're now, best. We're not saying these are the best or greatest movies. These are our favorite films of all time. Although they might be. This this one would be, I have to say. This would this would crack my all-time top ten easily. But anyway, and getting I, ahead I, of myself. My, we're get, my list is getting it getting close to that, too. But, yes, getting ahead of ourselves here. So, let's do a little quick recap. Top five. You started yours off. Um, we did Heat. Free, the action theater. is the juice. We did Heat. Yeah, I did Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. That was my number five. Although mine aren't in a super tight order, but... Number five. Yeah, mine could jump around too. We had we yeah. had to pick five. There's a million that could have, you know, been in there. Right. But yes. And then number four, Big Lebowski. For you, we did that last time, and now we're my number four, Network. So, I love this movie. I I, I can gush very. I, it'll just pour out of me. So I'm gonna try to pause. I want to bring you in here, Eric. You said you've maybe seen parts of this before, or bits of it, or you saw it, but you weren't super invested. Give me as much of your history of this movie as you can. Yeah, I'd say this was probably the first time I watched it start to finish and really sort of paid attention to it. I had seen definitely clips of it that I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. And uh, actually, what's kind of fun, people listening to this who are from the Twin Cities area, this may ring a bell. Otherwise, I'm just this is nonsense. But uh, one of the local radio hosts on KFAN has uh dan barrero maybe you've listened to him or not i maybe have no idea does he does is he with meat sauce in the morning or is he have no, a different he's the different drive time afternoon kind of the the okay. main main guy on this station but his his intro song has two quotes from this movie the mad as hell and i'm not going to take it and then the fade done away that like all i want is a 50 share and a 20 rating or whatever that that sure. speech yeah. so like the lines and there's clips in this movie that i've just have sort of lived on that's you know that's some of the most famous lines in movie history come from this film um but watching it this time sort of paying attention to it more it, it's so dark this is like literally one of the darkest satires of modern you know a, an entire industry which is you know news is just satirized and destroyed in a way that is so depressing to me but it's an incredibly well-written, you know, amazing film and so prophetic to like where all of these things went. The fact that this was like in the mid seventies is like, wait, what? The, none of this had, I mean, there were still like five channels when this movie came out, you know, yeah. and they, they talk about it in the movie. This is before cable, you know, and cable news. Um, but it, boy, is it dark. Holy shit. This movie is the, I, I, we'll get to the ending, but the move the, when the movie ends, the, the thought I had, which I hadn't thought about it before until I, I saw it this time, was like, can you imagine sitting in a movie theater and then the credits roll and it says network and it's just like the lights come on in the theater, looking around at the people in the theater. But I just had this thought: is like, what do you do? Like, do you say anything? Like, it w- it would have been the most incredible reaction to have seen this for the first time, like on the night of the premiere, and just been like, holy fucking shit, what? What did we just see? Like, what was that? I, yeah, I can imagine a little bit. Because when I saw this in college, it set my brain on fire. I have no other way to, like, put it. Like, this movie was just, like, I was just blown away with every scene. And I only grasped, 
I mean, a, a good chunk of it, but there were all sorts of bits happening in this mo- movie that I didn't understand. I saw it a second time when I was a bit older, got more out of it, and got even more a third time. There's just so much depth and and, and incisive, yeah, crap, satire, criticism, insight, whatever you want to call it in this movie. It's it's crazy how yes, prophetic ahead of its time. Uh, it, it it sees the whole direction that news is going, and and human life writ large that really yeah. were corporate I mean, influence on human life, modern human life. Yeah. Yeah. In particular through media, but through everything really. And it, yeah, eventually it, it sees the merger of news and entertainment, right? Like that's really the big thing that happens in this movie is we see here's the news program, which was supposed to be like a boring way of reciting and describing what happens, which is what people claim to want, by the way, people are like, I just want the news to be the news. I don't want editorializing, but then realize oh, we can turn this into entertainment and actually have the news make money, and that's going to eventually lead to cable news, Fox News. But what's the monetizing authentic rage is what they say or something like that, which is like, that's literally Fox News, is just monetizing editorial news rage, you know? So yeah, it's Fox News, and it's really social media in general. I mean, this is... Oh, the internet. Imagine what you would say about the internet. And it's kind of saying it. It wants you angry and frustrated and engaged all the time because you're some consumerist dot that Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or whoever wants to just exploit. I mean, that's all we are. These just just abstract number churners for these incredibly rich and powerful elites who don't actually care about anything at all except corporate profits. I mean, it's... It's spot on. I, I I can't like find anything wrong with its criticism that I think rings false or untrue. Um, and yes, maddening rage. I mean, everybody has this existential rage. We're born into this system. Whoop. We have no power. It, it was created before we were born. And you just have to abide by this rule, which puts you in a little box and commodifies you. And it's inescapable. Even the communist gets pulled into it. I mean, that's what's so yeah. great. Like the 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 that, that's and- when it gets a little like too it's too heavy handed I thought a little bit when they bring in the the communist group and she's arguing about their contract and what how many points she'll get it's like yes okay. the over the overhead clause yes yeah. um, um, but the other thing that jumped out to me too is like when you think of this movie now in 2022 it like it talks about you know, war in Vietnam it talks about presidential scandals i mean this is on the heels of watergate which you know we're living through these crazy presidential scandals it talks about inflation as this like huge factor in people unemployment like we're living oil through prices that now. oil rise. prices going like so much of what they they're discussing and in, in the like why there is this rage from people watching the news is like whoa holy shit like we're we're talking you know so many years decades decades later there's different presidential terms and all, all this stuff has changed. But like those same ideas are still just as relevant today in this explosion we've had of like information and news, but it's all still the same, you know? And, and I think ultimately that's the the piece of the movie that I, I think touched me the most is like the Beale character, the news reporter, who's the one that's sort of the crux of all of this. Like his whole thing is like, we're all just people, right? Like, you know, right. all of these corporate profits that they, they don't care about us like human beings. And Correct. that's what we have was, innate value. And... Yeah. Uh, and that's what he's trying to get across in his in his sort of, you know, breakdown. But like, that's the part that I think is like, you know, to, to you know, you always think of 
all of these things, these corporations that run our lives and all of this stuff. But like, we are just like humans just trying to live our lives, you know? And, and I think that's part of the movie that was like, Oh, wow. That really kind of hit me the most watching it this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just about, it's just about everything in this movie. That's, that's great. I mean, it's, it's about how media narratives transform and, and infect our way of thinking, right? We have Faye Dunaway's character who, and this is obviously a hyperbolic example for the sake of the film, but like she, She's kind of like the cable guy. Like you remember the movie Cable Guy with Jim Carrey? Yep. How he's literally raised by TV and like sees everything in terms of like other shows. She's like that. She's kind of been deadened by consuming media her whole life and can only see things as scenarios. But see, that, be like that TV rang to me as like the old guy saying like, these are the kids that, you know, grew up on you know, this thing, video games and they don't know the real world like we do. That's that. That's what that kind of rang to me. Like, her character, I think, is just more worried about profits, and she doesn't really care about humans. We, that's why she and Robert Duvall connect, I think, in the film as well, is because he, he's he's just a corporate stooge. All he cares about is money. He doesn't care about the so news. Is this a Robert Duvall podcast? Are we turning this into a Robert Duvall? <laughs> he's in like, almost every movie we've done. He's crazy. We've like done the, his whole filmography almost. Well, he's got a lot of movies. We've got a long ways to go, but yeah, I mean, we've done a ton. Um yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, it is a little preachy, and and if somebody didn't like, I don't have a criticism for it, but if somebody were to be like, this movie is very preachy, I, I would get it. There's a lot of monologues and a lot of people yelling and verbally reciting the themes in the movie, um, but I think it's all great. Um, I, I think the broader point isn't that they don't understand real life or whatever, the old man yelling at clouds. It's that he's part of this last generation that was able to grow up without being consumed by mass media, which is true um, in a general sense. But they read newspapers. There was always newspapers, radio. I mean, there has been the news, right? Uh, it's just I, – It's I not think just the news. I wouldn't limit it to just the news. It's television, though. television in general. I think and, it's, and, yeah. and it's become mass more the, – the appeal is way broader. I mean, I, there are a lot of people in the 20s and 30s that probably didn't read newspapers and or they would read a local newspaper – they weren't getting a very global perspective and we weren't all consuming the same media um, and having the, the same access. Uh, but th- I think that's at least the, the thesis of the movie. I guess you can argue with it, but I view that as, as being really relevant because obviously, I mean, I, I don't know. I do this. Like I think about scenarios from movies all the time in regular life or like, Oh, this is kind of like that scene in the movie. Or yeah, I think about this character um and sometimes i don't sometimes i'm just oh here's me getting coffee or whatever but a lot of times these narratives do impact how i perceive things and how i perceive myself and the how we just try to label and quantify everybody and everything give them a label and categorize them that's even more true in the internet age i mean literally you get micro targeted if you do one search or if you speak to alexa about oh man we need a new washer dryer you start seeing ads for washer dryers when well, right. you, it, we've monetized your identity right i mean right, exactly orientate everything is there's some way they can advertise it at you and they're using it as a way to pinpoint things for you to buy i mean yep. yeah that, and, that, and they're trying I, to figure out what will appeal to you as a you know 38 year old white male street guy what what how can we appeal to you and they do this with with program with like tv and movies and um it's just but, all spot on see, but I, I don't the thing about this movie that it, it, i I'll, i think it's a great movie i think it's one of the greatest films i don't love it because i don't want any of this to be true like 
you you seem to like revel in the cynicism. I don't want of it, it to be true. I, I like that it's describing something that's true. Like if you want authenticity and and thought provoking and like this is it. This is engaging with the actual truth of reality in a way that is depressing. Although I I kind of laugh at parts of this because some of it's a little absurd. Um, I, I like it because it's describing something that's true. This helped me. This really helped me understand reality better when I saw this in college. Like, this really helped me grasp with how reality actually is and changed the way I perceived things, which is why I'm so profoundly connected. I don't want it to be true, Eric. I, I don't there love is, that. I, there I is too like, a, like a, a, the artist perspective of it too. That was the other thing kind of jumped out at me is like, I felt a little bit like he was Patty Chayefsky, the writer and, and Sidney Lumet. I think we're sort of saying like, because I mean, in the end, right? He he's murdered. Right? Just spoiler alert, I guess. Right? Uh, that's, sure. That's how it all ends. And like the movie's almost fifty years old. It, it ends. The last line is the voiceover, which I didn't. I didn't so much love the voiceover, but it's the first person that was killed for low ratings. Is like I kind of felt like they were speaking as artists, like not only like for themselves, but to make to make money in this business, the things they would have to do to like promote themselves or to sell to sell their movies you know what i mean like they have to this doom and gloom the death hour like they have to sell murder and and terrible things in order to make sell their movies you know i mean like the same guy that made dog day afternoon right like i I just kind of felt that sort of connect this sort of metaphor as for their themselves as artists not just also this is also the same guy that did 12 angry men so he's done idealistic movies too that's Um, true I mean, so he, Sidney Lumet's got a really diverse Does he have, is he one of the most underrated filmmakers? I mean, this. Yeah, he really kind of isn't beloved because I think he was one of those guys who actually excelled at making a lot of different kinds of movies. So his style doesn't always shine through. Yeah. But he, he, he he's makes pre really, that, really like good new movies. Hollywood, right? He's a little bit before oh, the yeah, Scorsese. Well, yeah, he came of age in the 50s yeah. and then hits his peak for a while. I mean, he does. He did the movie Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which I've never seen. I mean, like, that's how long this guy was making movies. That movie that's was Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman, right? Yeah, Aren't they like, I, I, Ethan Hawke is in it too, right? They're like I'm stealing thinking. money from their parents. Or there's like a jewel. Th- yes, yeah. A modern uh, movie. A, a, right, I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, he moved from, from 12 Angry yeah, Men to that. Yeah. I mean, that's – and he's got a bunch in that I haven't seen that I think are all really well-regarded. He has a, a book called Making Movies. It's really good. Uh, just a, a yeah. movie about the filmmaking process, which I strongly recommend if you just want to – insight into how movies used to get made in some ways they still are um i no i like a movie that can describe reality in a way that i i i I wouldn't even struggle to like write out everything that the network's claiming like you just have to see network this is this is reality i can't like i can't write what's in it you just have to see it this movie is describing reality in a very cynical depressing way that i think is completely true it also made me think of the player a little bit i mean i love this movie more than i love the player by far but the players also want to like, hey, do we sell people the movie that they kind of want? Kojak gets the killer, everybody's happy, everything feels good. Or do we tell the really depressing story that probably is actually more authentic, but nobody's going to watch and nobody cares about? Now, this doesn't really wrestle with that like the player well, does. But I thought a lot about Don't Look Up when I was watching this, which is oh, okay. a movie that came out last year. It's a satire about the environmental crisis in, in, in the guise of a like asteroid, right? And like that, I don't think that movie works very well. And I didn't really like that movie. And I just thought like, why, why does this work? And that doesn't. And I think, 
I I think I think it's because they they went right at the issue, whereas like in Don't Look Up, it's this metaphor with this asteroid. If they had just like had it be about the environmental crisis and like how ridiculous it is that nobody's doing anything about it, I think it would have been more powerful. Because like this movie's about you know network news and like the change and that monetization of it and the power of the editorialness and like the darkness of <laughs> where where we're going with profits and 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 i think that movie didn't address it in the exact way i don't know uh it just made me th- i was just thinking about like wh- why does that movie work this movie doesn't or, or that movie doesn't this does well, a lot writing of it, this is better than don't look now up i think sure, also, sure. i think the writing here is so imaginative the relationship is, but... stuff with faye dunaway and the the news director guy that also kind of took me out of the movie I, it I doesn't don't work but i don't think it's supposed to I mean, there, why is it even sizzle. there? Why why is it even in in the movie? Uh, well, there's a, there's a lot it. of reasons why I think it's in there. I mean, one, you have the generational, you, you need the contrast, but he gets shoehorned into a narrative that he doesn't want. He gets put into this box of midlife crisis or late life crisis or whatever, sex with a younger person, um, really kind of against his will, and he doesn't even really even understand why he's doing it. It just kind of it's subconsciously implanted in his brain via media that this is kind of thing that he ought to do just like how he gets upset about the like book it's like oh i'm writing a book about the golden age of child this is what everybody does i'm 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 stuck in a narrative at a box that i don't like and it, and it happens but it's flat i mean it's not it doesn't sizzle it's not like man those people really connect but how does that connect uh, to the satire about the evening news i guess it's not just because it's about how she she can't function she has no ability to experience actual emotions or actually connect. She's dead inside. Now the movie's thesis is that she's, you know, corrupted by television basically, which can be, it's fine that that doesn't land with you, but that's what it's going for. And he's again, this generation that got to know what it was like to not watch TV, you know, very occasionally going to movies, maybe reading a newspaper, but generally just existing and not have big mega corporations put you in a box and try to articulate the various options and ways your life could go. You know, she's saying, uh, this is the narrative. She said, I've got several different endings for the way that this relationship will end. One of them involves you killing yourself, and you say, like, it's all scripted. Um, and he, in the end, kind of catches his dignity. He says, you know, I'm flipping the script. I, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm making it happy. I'm going to write my own story. Um, that's the biggest thing, I think, that he does. But it's it's not my favorite part of the movie, it's not the most incisive. It doesn't hit the hardest to me when I watch it, but that's does, what I think is going on with that. Does the fact that like all of this came true and, and even to a certain extent, like so much more drastic with the internet and, you know, cable news, does that like kind of defeat the purpose of this movie a little bit? You know, the fact that like Fox news is so much worse than anything that this guy does in this movie. No, and, I, I thought mean, of Tucker Carlson a lot with like yes, Howard Beale. I thought of Tucker Carlson a ton. Um, I mean, th- this movie doesn't even really get into politics. It's more just about the tone. And it's like, it's like the idea is like, what if a newsman just spoke his mind? Like that's really, that's like where it starts. And that's where he says, I'm mad as hell. And we shouldn't l- l- take this. He says and, some stuff that's true. It's like, he this says, is, I ran out of bullshit. It's like, his last day. He's getting fired. So he just says, I'm not going to bullshit anymore. I'm just going to speak the truth. I ran now, out of bullshit. That's like, that's so like, um, minor compared to what we hear on news shows now. I mean, you know, 
I don't want to give examples of it, but like the fact that that's the is is it like sort of a novel idea for this movie, whereas you know in a modern society, it's like he just says what he thinks. Like that's not a big deal. You know what I mean in terms of like does this really have the impact that it should? Do you not think so? Or I mean, I know it gets to the point where he's like murdered on air and then nobody even like reacts like that. That's not just Howard Beale. I mean, he's part of it, right? Um, so what, I, I hear him. He's he's for a long time saying things that really he is articulating how people feel, and that's why people but resonate like, with him. That's like the whole Trump thing, right? That's why people love Trump because he spoke like me. He said what I think, and he he didn't bullshit. And we need a guy that's not going to bullshit anymore. And and uh, he became president because of that. You know what I mean? That's kind of what the I, this movie's getting at from that perspective, right? Well, I, I think it's getting at the fact that mass media can't help you, but nothing can help you. I mean, it's, it's very cynical. He, he's ignoring the fact that eventually people are going to use this playbook to, you know, get Trump in the white house, ignoring that. Um, and people lie and do all sorts of crazy but stuff. And that, like, the whole political, ignore that for a second. Beal is being earnest though. He's like, this is how I feel, and this is yeah. He's I'm, not. He's not he's trying, not to, trying to profit off of it. It's the network and everybody else. And that he, is. again, he's saying stuff that I think, generally speaking, we'd all agree with. A lot of these expressions and these frustrations, this existential angst. But then he says this, like, I don't know what to tell you to do. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't even know. I don't know who to vote for. Just I say, don't know listen to, do. to me. Turn this off. Stop watching TV. Yes. Like, stop listening to me. Like, live your life. Turn this off and don't don't and, watch and, it. And then collapses. Yeah. It, but he's not saying anything controversial. And the only time when he starts doing something that's meaningful, the deal, right? And, and there's also a little, like, so we see very early on, like, I love the, the way the movie intros and outros. Like, we go into seeing Howard Beale, who's just at the news desk. We get the voiceover, and it, and it zooms in on him. We go into his story. Um, but one of those things we hear is that, like, oil prices are going up, that Saudi Arabia has raised the oil prices. And you hear it at least one other time and maybe more in the background while other stuff is happening. So as we're getting distracted by all the crazy noise, all right, like Saudi Arabia is raising the price of oil. Um, and he gets to this point where he's telling people, you need to stop this deal. This is, they're selling American media to the Saudi Arabia. This is a problem. Yeah, they already it. own all these different industries. Like this and, is a problem. Yeah. This is their, their, we don't want this. And he's trying to do a meaningful political change, trying to stop the power brokers. And he says, write a letter to your congressman, and six million people do, right? Deal gets stopped. He's actually using media to do something. They don't care about him saying to, to like be angry. They don't care about him saying to turn off the TV. They don't care about any of this stuff. I mean, they turn his slogan, I'm mad as hell, into like an intro to his show. I mean, it's so cynical and dark. Like it, it, his expression of existential race just becomes a, a catchphrase on a show. It's so frustrating. I mean, in a, in a good way. But anyway, um, then he meets Ned Beatty, who's like the owner of one of these conglomerates or whatever. And then he gets shut down, basically. He gets talked into saying depressing stuff and not using his pulpit because he actually fucked with the people in power in a meaningful way. And that was it. Ultimately, it led to him getting shot because... He couldn't use this to actually transform society. Mass media won't work. They won't let you because the people that have the power to decide what you watch aren't going to let you watch something that might persuade you to make them not in power anymore. Um, and we get the, the horrible, like, I mean, it's cynical, but it's great. The Ned Beatty, 
cosmic forces of nature, Mr. Beale. It's it's that's the thesis of the movie. It's inescapable. You meddled with the good. primal forces of yes. nature. Yep, and it's Howard Beale literally asks him, "Are you God?" And he says, "I think you might be right, Mr. Beale." I mean, in the that thesis scene, of the movie, well, we get to take a pause. That scene is fucking amazing. It like, is. The way he, like, the lights go down. He's on the other side of this giant boardroom table. You can't really see his face. The camera is, like, between the, the lanterns. It's like we're slumped into the chair yeah, looking up at him. We're looking, like, and, like and he slowly walks over, and he's, it is like the devil, like, walking up to him. And he's, Beale is just, like, you're terrified. And he's screaming his crazy speech. Yeah, it, it's... Basically, it's, how there's no such things as nations anymore. Yeah. Communism, capitalism... It's just a big swirling mass of of capital and spreadsheets and economic gains is all that reality is. Everything else is just why me? Because you're on television, you dummy. Like that. He just he uses his words against yeah. him. It's smart and horrible and awful. And then he like starts just talking about how everybody's worthless and doesn't matter. And the ratings go down. And eventually he gets shot. Um. Yeah, that I, whole that whole sequence where they're like, "What do we do? Like, what's the solutions? Like, I think we just have to murder him." I think and that's they're so nonchalant about it. Yeah, and they're, they're like, "Yeah, that, uh, logically that makes sense. Yeah, we just we have to kill him." And so he's like, "I guess I hope there's not a tape recorder in here." But that's one little, person says little that's, Nixon that's, shit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most amount of cynicism or, uh, of like, yeah, like hopefully nobody can hold us accountable but, to this. I mean, uh, just not to repeat what I said earlier, but like. The, the parables between that point in time and the point in time we're living right now is kind of astonishing. I mean, honestly, it is, it is so, you you know, as you get older, I'm sure people that are older than us have like realized, yeah, that's because that's the way the fucking world works. It cycles that there's these same scenarios. But the fact that like, you know, war, like you said, inflation, all of these crises and gas prices, upheaval yeah. and like <sighs> that change. Maximum distrust of government, like. Distrust of government is at its peak in the mid seventies, post Nixon and sure. Vietnam. They were like what we've seen people. in the last four years is nothing compared to what they saw, and you know what we see on the internet. You know the whole idea is like, oh, we might see murder on TV. It's like, are you? F- that is all we see now. Like, go on, go on the internet. You're gonna find murder. Like, you don't need a television show or some pro. Like Faye Dunaway is like the murder hour or whatever. She's trying to program that as like. We just show people getting killed on TV. It's like that's yep. that's that's the internet. Welcome to the internet now. You know, it's just yeah. I mean, they're gonna so follow crazy. these these ideas, and it's gonna lead them to the internet. Like you can see, they're gonna keep escalating and trying to get ratings, and like it's gonna lead them to yes, crazy shows, and it, it's it's immaculate. Um, I'm gonna repeat again. I I don't want this to be true. I just think it is true, and a movie that is able to perfectly craft uh, craft and describe reality in its horrible awfulness in a way that's never been captured as well before or since from any movie I've ever seen. It's, it's incredible. And, you know, ultimately we kind of have ourselves to blame. There's a bit of that, right? Cause they're like, we'll tell you anything you want. You, whatever will make you happy. Kojak gets the killer. Uh, mystery gets solved. Whatever. We'll tell you anything. If it makes you happy, we'll lie to you as all day long. We don't care. We just want to distract you and make you happy. Um, if we li- all liked boring newscasts better, that's what people would do. We'd 
still have that, but we don't. We want the salacious yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, so the, the whole, feed us this slop that we want from ourselves. It's, the whole period where where Duval sort of takes over the news and he's speaking to the board of directors or or the shareholders and he's like, you know, this is this is a thirty million dollar loss that they were taking on every year. And it's like there's that argument with the news director guy. He's like, that's what the news is. The news is losing money. I mean, that it always has. It's like a public news, service. News, newspapers always, for tr- traditionally, always lost money. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 to give the public information that they need, and that has totally changed. It's all become because corporations centers. own them, and they're like, yeah. no, we need to make money. We need public profits. good. Yeah. What the fuck is that about? No, yeah. we need to make money. Screw you. This guy angrily yelling about your neighbors or the other side, that's going to make us way more money. But the result of it is to where we're on now, where truth is this fungible thing, right? Because we don't have press that we can rely on. Now it's say say what you want, and that's the truth, and nobody's going to defend it or, or, you know, prove you wrong. I mean, like I said, look at Trump. His whole, that's his whole thing was like, if I say it, it's true, like, you know whether or not I don't whether or not I think it's true or not it doesn't matter anymore because there's no he press. even suggested throwing out the the Constitution I mean like yeah that's uh, that that should be antithetical to somebody who from my memory my living memories Republicans worship the Constitution and they even throw it out as like blasphemous but somebody that was president Look, the political was, hour from the pot of drink pot sorry of drink. no it's it's no well I mean it's Anyway, but yeah, th- I think this movie is like that's the natural progression is like we lose that sense of the, the press as a as a check and balance to power and to truth. And now we don't have it anymore. And now it's fucking lost. Right. And that's that again. That, that's what yeah, Jeff depressing. Bezos owns the Washington Post. Right, I mean, the richest one of the second richest man on the planet owns oh, the newspaper. number two now. Well, I don't okay. Musk or what? He's 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 up there. One. Of, yeah, I, I thought I thought he was the richest, but I you know I don't. Keep I track think Musk of. for a minute was, but. Okay, fair enough. But no, it's this is it. This is this is horrible reality, and of course the thing it's in some ways it's like okay, no, it's not immigrants ruining your life. It's not horrible socialists. It's not even really Trump supporters. It's you know this big conglomerate, this oligarchy of corporations that really dictates everything well, and then the news became the enemy i mean that's the other piece of it too it's not just profits and whether or not news made money they be, literally became the enemy of truth right like that was like hey, i don't like you because you're saying things that make me look bad whether or not that's true or not it doesn't matter like you're just making me look bad news so get out right. of here it's yep. great i mean it's like fake news the whole that whole phrase like if you think of that in context of this movie, it's it, it's honestly mind blowing that you know that's where we went from the seventies to now. But yeah, but I don't think this movie is really a call to action. Um, it's really just articulating reality in this uber macro way. And it, I mean, there's not there's nothing to do. What could a person do? What what's the, there is no solution. Um, there wasn't really a solution. In the late seventies, there isn't really a solution now, uh, unless you regulation. Just, Re- if you want, you want to destroy mass media, maybe like yeah. just get rid of it. Well, get rid of the internet. Get rid of your TVs. Get rid of lim- anything. Limit the corporate purchase. I mean, use some anti-trade laws to prevent these corporations from being owned by like four different entities. You know what I mean? So like, uh, there was another piece of it is like the the, the Murdochs bought up all those local news stations. So like with Sinclair or whatever, they like. So they yeah. all had to broadcast not just what was the news; they had to broadcast their agenda. 
You know what I mean? So it wasn't just like, hey, you know, I own, you know, the corporation owns these news stations. It was, you're going to say the things that I'm telling you to say because right. I own you now. Like, that's how dark the, it's, it's even like this movie couldn't have even th- fathomed that level of darkness. That, no, it almost undersells how bad it is. Although, that's what I, I mean, mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I mean, it gets it right, just not to the, to even the degrees that it's going to go. And some of that's going to be Reagan's going to come along in the 80s and make it really easy for companies to like merge um, with each other. And, you know, and it's going to well, get Clinton really too. I think Clinton was responsible sure, yes. for removing a lot of those regulations as well. So but, and and getting him back. How do you get him back when all these corporations are going to spend twenty bazillion dollars keeping you know you from getting any meaningful laws passed? No, there's no call to action. Uh, it is what it well, is. Well, and then like is, the foreign influence too at the Saudis. Like you think of right now, how many industries are the Saudis just like buying and owning now? You know, it's like they have so much money they like don't know what to do with it. They're like giving it away. You know. And that's you know this movie touches on that too that foreign influence the Russian Russian oligarchs Russian buying in you know different right. co- different business entities so yeah I don't know I I I think this is an incredibly great movie I think I, I'm glad you with, like it even though it depresses you it, more it than just, you want it to honestly it 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 is it's a it's a heavy hit when especially the ending when the way this movie ends so yeah I mean just to kind of close the loop so. The Howard Beale, he goes on this tirade. The ratings are huge, so they want more of him. He was like, he was like, a, on the way out. This, I'm getting fired. I'm gonna say what I want. I'm gonna tell everybody to fuck off. And people loved it. So it was, the, the ratings are huge. But then there's this dip because for whatever people get tired of it. It's not, it's not enough. And then he goes on this, you know, large. He go, it goes bigger, right? He, he goes. He has to a this, mental breakdown. I think. I mean, my read of this is yeah. that he literally just is suffering well, from mental illness. Visions and yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like he's having a, a psychotic break. I right. think. And they're just like, well, we can use this. We can use this for to make a bunch of money. So. So it eventually becomes the number one show on TV behind any sort of scripted television, which is also kind and, of interesting because like you think of TV ratings now, and it's like the NFL is like the top twenty like highest rated television shows and then it's like oh yeah this this movie's reality tv as well i mean she talks about how like this is how much it'll cost and this is kind of radio get can you imagine what the profits will be like yeah that's reality tv it's so cheap to produce that they can make a fuckload of money off of it the the groups that she hires the like it's like we'll just film them we'll just have them film robbing banks or whatever it's like yeah it's it's basically reality tv yeah and then we're gonna yes do fictionalized like episodes every week about what happened I mean, yeah, honestly sure. are we far away from a reality yeah. show where they try to rob a bank and it's like that's the show is like you know tune in next week to see if they can rob this bank you know what i mean like we're not that far away from no from that but somebody having a, a, a you know literally a, a camera right attached to them but yeah, yeah absolutely somebody could be like i'm gonna i'm gonna run around and try to rob this bank or this liquor store absolutely or, yeah see what, what crimes that, i can get away with was it logan paul that was walking around yeah, and yeah. found a dead body like yeah. yeah nuts especially when you have a billion people on youtube all trying to or not youtube tiktok whatever trying to get famous and looking for something sensational to get views and become it like yeah uh it's we're, we're not that far off from it at all it's not even that exaggerated that's that's the thing um no it's it's incredible yeah and it closes with so he dies and we get that he's the last, like the first newscaster murdered because of bad ratings, and, and then it, it, you know, it pulls out of the TV, and then we just see this big wash of all this sea of monitors, 
And this is just one little story amidst all of them. And uh, it, it gets lost in the sea of shit like every other news story. I mean, think about how many shocking quote-unquote news stories we've encountered and then you just they just get gone just yeah i mean <laughs> january 6th was like uh, on january 12th did people even talk about it anymore you know what i mean like i mean oh, it has... in some media circles for sure not right. um but i mean you just think about every everything that's just happened and it just moves on like but you know not like biden leaving afghanistan in a kind of clusterfuck and getting people killed i mean one story of many like that was two years ago and it might as well be 200 years ago it's just gone i mean it's just boom like even more so and this was done in the in the era of yeah like five channels this is ludicrous um just how how right it is how accurate it describes and and sees where things are going and sees how the people in power like i mean it's like i'm almost shocked i mean this is a movie that only could have gotten made to the degree it did in like the 70s I mean, this is just so brutal I, nobody would watch this kind of movie now, anyway. Um, no, it would be it. It would be like a streaming you know, movie. Well, I suppose, like I said, Don't Look Up was a major. I mean, it was Netflix and DiCaprio in it. It was a that was a major film. It, Jennifer but, Lawrence in it. But that movie pretty clearly blames the right, um, the political right, I think, in particular, um, and a few other media sources too. I, I, this one just seems more comprehensive. This is like an atom bomb, and it blames everybody. I think, to a certain degree, but but I don't know. Yeah, I mean that movie was is a frustrating movie because it just should have worked a lot better than it did, and it just didn't. Um, well, it's, it, there's the speech at the end where Leo like we had had such a great country or we had such a great world or something like that. Like he's I think he was trying just trying to replicate this really with the, just a different subject. And it just doesn't work as well. I don't. I like I said. I am having a hard time articulating why. No, it, that movie's way less than the sum of its parts. I mean, some of it's the writing, and I don't know. Yeah, it's not as cohesive. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't work. But anyway, this this movie does work. It's crazy. It's a big budget movie, relatively speaking, like super well written, super well acted, and like it, it's great to look at. It's just like mind blowing how on point it is with. But uh, I just wanted to inquire. So this is your one of your favorite movies. Like you, you enjoy watching this. Like you, I enjoy a movie that can impact the way I perceive reality. Um, Clearly, you and I have like different trajectories. This Uh, you don't leave this movie feeling just like a shell, like uh, just a hollow. This this isn't these thoughts are in my brain all the time anyway. Like I walk around with that in the back of my head constantly. There's just this like oh evil corporations decide all this stuff for us. It just happens. Um, I, I can't, like, stop it. So this doesn't... It's not really new to me at this point. The first time it was new, it caused me to think and shift. And a movie that can do that, that can be literally transformative in the way I perceive reality, is is going to be dear to my heart. Not because... It, I, I don't want it to be true. I would love to be able to reject this as too cynical um, or whatever. But I think it really understands power structures in America really, really well. Um, I, I admire it. And I don't, I'm not bored watching it, by the way. Again, I laugh some of it. Uh, I, I, it's engaging to me to watch, but it's not like every year, let me watch, let me put network on because it's so fun. I value the ideas in it but, so much. Like, how many times have you watched it? This is the third time I've seen third it. Third time, okay. Like, all the way through beginning to end. Um, I yeah, would I mean, almost not- love to see this in like a packed theater. 
at like some revival house just to like when the like I said when the lights come up look around and just like what's there, how's everybody doing right now <laughs> like you doing okay because i'm not doing okay this <laughs> i am in such yeah. a bad place now after having watched this I'll put, put it this way it's like i get so excited that art can be this incredible this amazing that it gets me excited um no it doesn't give me hope about reality it doesn't really make me again depressed because at this point i'm just I like mean, that all the it's time. like dr dr strange love in that that movie ends with like a nuclear bomb you know what i mean it's like oh this really sucks like this is really dark sure and, and sure. i suppose in don't look up it ends with you know the planet being destroyed you know it's that same sort of idea like these these type of movies have to end in a really bad place in order well, it would ring false if they're like yeah. he, he gave a speech and reality was transformed it wouldn't work i, I think because well, the, there's like what's that broadcast news movie that's more of a hopeful like idealistic view on journalism well, like and the media collar media movie because it it's about the obsession with ratings, but it shows you the people at the bottom whose lives will be impacted by a, a swing here or there with points. But they, right? they care about the truth and they care about exposing power and you know the like the real reasons you know the the freedom of the press exists right is is for those sure. reasons and like there's those are really valid justifiable things like journalism like Watergate you know Woodward and Bernstein like journalism has done great things for our society like. But this movie is kind of the parts of it where it's like, yeah, but it's also just about ratings and profits and, you know, corporate control. I mean, so. I mean, it is. Uh, I mean, it, it's in I some mean, ways it's, it's okay. ostensibly Howard Beale is supposed to be this like great newsman, right? Like that's he that's his character, right? He's been uh, on the news desk for. He was like the Walter years. Cronkite right. type, yeah, yeah, sure, just man in front of the desk. The most people, trust, one of the most trusted voices on TV. People have yeah. supper and they sit yeah. down and they watch the evening news before bed to see what's happening in the world. Sure, um, but that's gone. That, I mean, and it is, it is gone. That movie saw the extinction of that going in the seventies. Like, oh, this is eventually going to be that they're going to go extinct. Like, this isn't going to be a thing anymore. Um, no, it's just exciting that movies can do that. But there was that, that Aaron Sorkin show. I don't know if you watched it on an HBO. Um, they had a Jeff Daniels newsroom, I think is what it, was, what it was called. I actually really loved that show. That show was like, it, it was such a weird concept. Aaron Sorkin wrote and directed all the episodes. It was like a year after. So like we jumped, we, we jumped back in time. So it was like taking place a year and it was addressing the like most uh, significant news stories of that year but covering them in a way that like wasn't sensational. It was like real journalism and this real voice of the news. And it was like kind of a novel idea, but I think when you compare it to this movie and what like really happens with the news, it seems like kind of a, a quaint idea. Like who, well, I've never seen the West wing, but, but I've seen a few, I've seen a few scenes from the West wing, Aaron Sorkin also, and Aaron Sorkin loves network, by the way, that he said that's the best movie ever written. Well, um, I I think uh, Quentin Tarantino has said that this is like the best script he's ever ever written. It's, it's, like of it's all a perfect time. script. Yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, it's it is it is the best script of all time. It's fine. I'll I'll go so far as to say that. Um, but um, Sorkin, you're Sorkin, you're talking about West Wing. Yeah, he, it's always been kind of idealized. Like, let's imagine the yeah. U.S. political system in a way that isn't cynical. That we think, yeah, it has some problems and some challenges and isn't perfect, but it's really a, a great way of doing things and they get it right in the end kind of sort of that vibe i i assumed newsroom was the same i i don't know i didn't really see either one 
Aaron Sorkin doesn't work for me as well as it works for some other people, probably because he, he brings a little bit of uh, Pollyanna-ish about how things are great. Um, oh, I was going to say uh, a few good men was on my short list for it didn't it's not in my top five but that was definitely on my short list for top five favorite movies. oh he wrote that oh yeah for sure was, he wrote that. it as a play and then he wrote the screenplay for the movie absolutely i didn't know that that's good that's good all right yeah. i like that see i didn't know that I, but social network another one on my short list he wrote the screenplay for that too like that was definitely on my short list for top five oh favorite. wow the social network interesting yes. oh incredible movie but oh didn't wow make okay it. didn't make it but okay fair enough that's fine i didn't realize you felt so strongly about social network i i really like the social network it would not it's not anywhere near my tie it's not on my short list but i'm shocked that it's on yours i didn't realize you felt that strongly about it that's interesting um okay i mean i I don't have a ton to say about network other than i mean yeah i guess if you're wanting a feel-good time it's not going to give you that like if you contrast this with big lebowski which is just all, all good vibes you know, Big Lebowski's this I think that says blanket. so much about the two of us. The fact that I picked Big Lebowski and you picked this. No, I, I whole list. I, I think each of our lists is, is going to be pretty indicative of uh, our various ways of viewing movies and reality. Because you and I, I've, I've often pegged you as being a skosh idealistic when it comes to reality, and, I, and you probably accused me of being a skosh cynical. Um, so yeah, this isn't that. This is. Let's tell you how it is. And we're going to be spot on with just how horrible it is. And we're going to just pinpoint laser precision how and why it's bad. I mean, but it's just like every scene. I mean, it, the old guy whose name I can't think of, not Howard Beale. You know, he's got this great monologue. It's like death is a is a tangible thing. I mean, this is just like death for a lot of us, for me as a 30-year-old, feels abstract still. But as you get older... At some point, it's like, yeah, it starts to have definition, starts to be this real thing. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's, a gr- it's a great monologue. So do you want to give know. your rating? Do you want to just give uh, a five out that? of five? It's great. Okay. It's incredible. And that, that would be my rating. That's my uh, measurement of its artistic merits uh, and personal enjoyment. This is a perfect movie. Okay. It's incredible. See, I, I couldn't give it a five because because I, I don't enjoy it. I I think it's incredible. So that's a half star. The the <laughs> the relationship stuff with Faye Dunaway and then the news director guy like didn't love that. I just there is I mean it's like half of the movie is their like affair and going on a trip and his the wife the scene with his wife and their divorce and it's just like I, I don't know if I need this in this movie i don't know it's either it's a i'll give it four and a half so it's close to perfect i just didn't i didn't enjoy it enough for it to be a, a perfect five-star movie for me that's just that's Fair just enough. a personal thing for me uh do you want to do your five degrees of feel of dreams man let's do it so i gotta get the gal's name let's do it so i wanted to find somebody obscure um Conchata Farrell is her name. She's one of the folks that works for Faye Dunaway. I, I don't even know what her character's name is. She's just one of those like journey woman actresses who's been around a very, very long time. You've seen her in lots of stuff. Um, you know, I don't know if you recognize her, but um, if I point her out, you'd probably be like, oh yeah, that lady. She's uh, in a lot of things, but she's uh, in Mr. Deeds, the Adam Sandler movie. 
she like works um so she was like Faye Dunaway's like a, uh she was one of her programming people yes that, correct okay yep yep no yep. exactly yeah yeah she and so yeah and she is a bigger gal later on um but yeah she's in and Conchata Farrell is her name again I've never I didn't know that before today I just recognized the face and uh she yeah anyway she's in Mr. Deeds uh she works in the same small town as uh Adam Sandler also in Mr. Deeds is uh John Turturro who plays the butler with the like burned blackened foot um John Turturro is in a movie called The Big Lebowski which you I don't know if you've seen Eric um he plays Jesus in that movie. In Mr. Deeds, is it, isn't he sneaky sneaky in Mr. Deeds? I think that's... Oh, yes, that's him. Yep. Sneaky sneaky. Yeah. Long-serving butler, and apparently his Ill, the illegitimate son of the guy, he ends up inheriting the money at the end that Adam Sandler thinks he can inherit, if you want that comedy spoiled. Um, but yeah, and then Sam Elliott is in The Big Lebowski, and Sam Elliott is in Draft Day with Kevin Costner, who's in Field of Dreams. Got any good sarsaparilla? Uh, okay, I'll do mine quick. I went with our guy Robert Duvall, and I was so so he was he. We haven't done that many Duvall movies, have we? He's in Bullet. Uh, okay, he's in THX. To, oh, he's in THX, and I, we've done at least one other one. I'd have to uh, pull up his discography here um, or filmography. I don't know. Anyways, uh, he yeah. yep Duvall's in The Natural with Wilford Brimley. Wilford sure. Brimley's in The Firm with Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter's in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. <laughs> your favorite movie. Okay. That's number one on your list, I assume. I've never seen it. And Kevin Costner, he I think his voice is in it, or he's in, he's in it for a bit because he plays uh, Kent, and he's in Field Dreams. Okay. Uh, before good. I All right. jump to my next thing, I had a question. So have you ever seen The Hospital? That's a Patty Chasky movie. He Does wrote it have, that. As- have uh, the guy from Patton in it? Um, C. Scott. Yeah, he's in it. George C. Scott. Yes. Okay. I, I have seen it. I think. Okay. Yeah, but I, I hardly be, remember it. Supposed to be another one of his sort of great masterpieces. I I hadn't seen that. Anyways. Oh. Put that on the list. All right. So to reveal my number three favorite movie of all time, right? That's where we're at. Number three. Number three. Going to give you five clues to get to that movie and see if you can guess it. So we'll start with clue number one. All right. So this film was originally pitched via an 80-page treatment as a horror movie. Okay. Unhelpful. Uh, Number two, this movie won four Academy Awards and was nominated for eight total. Okay. Okay. Not gonna tell you which ones. Sure. Uh, this part of this film was uh, filmed in Morocco. Okay. Go ahead. I, I right. might have a guess, but keep going. Uh, there's a, a significant scene in this movie involving a train. Is this Inception? That's right, Inception, okay. baby. Okay. My last clue was the final uh, ski chase scene was inspired by the James Bond film on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, Christopher Nolan's Inception is my third favorite movie of all time. It did make the cut. I was going to be shocked if it didn't, but 
you hinted that it might not. So it, honestly, honestly, this is like so hard. I have jumped around what movies were in, what movies have been out. Uh, yeah, I'm oscillating between two for next week, and like the one I don't pick is probably not going to make the list. So it's like yeah, there's one, there's what a big one that's not going to make my list that I can't believe is not on here, but it's not as of now. Unless <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had to have heat on there. So unless well, it, it, I assume Inception's not on your top five list. Correct, so, it's not on my top uh, five. You might you might pick one of my two or one or one or two right because yeah we're at number three for me but okay all right yeah go watch inception we're doing next week sounds good all right listening thanks for listening everybody take it easy all right